people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animate chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboys, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Here is your host, Derek McCall. Holy crap, are we back at the Fairmont Grand Ballroom in 1928? No, it's Thursday. Oh, okay. It is, in fact, Thursday, February 7th, is it not? We are podcasting from an undisclosed location, which we do call the Bread Cave. Um, And... There on the bracket, we are uh, we are going to be talking about some comics news, some movie news. Comics, we're going to be talking about Superior Spider-Man. We're going to be talking about somebody's rogue touch. But the Fearless Defenders, New Origin for Iron Man, what's going on on Channel 52? And, you know, this is our last podcast before Valentine's Day, so, of course, we got to be talking about young romance. And we'll be talking about movie rumors and what does Neil deGrasse Tyson say? And do you want to uh, Han Solo? And uh, some TV stuff. <laughs> It worked better in my head. I bet it did. But you know what? Anyway, if you're listening to this, you can catch us on iTunes, and you can rate us. You can tell your friends. You can subscribe. Please do. Uh, And also, you can catch us on the Stitcher app and find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. Tonight, I would like to say we have unofficial sponsors. Unofficial because they haven't paid us, but uh, they... You know, they give us kindness. Um, Cinequest, which we, we they were kind enough to uh, give us access to the founder uh, this week in an earlier, what do we call that? A very special, special episode. Oh, special edition. It was a, a subcast. special edition. A subcast. Was that a thing? I don't think so. Yeah. It could be. Anyway, uh, subcast uh, 297A. Uh, talk to Cinequest. And, of course, uh, we're getting the world premiere of Sparks, which has a specific Fanboy Planet connection. Go Sparks. And, by the way, let me acknowledge, I am Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. To my right, my fabulous announcer, Nate Costa. Yeah. And across Moral Compass. I'm Rick Brett Snyder. Yeah. Evil. Rick well, Brett's I know. I know. We can't do that every week. It works so well on radio. Week. Uh, again, yes, why not? People know. It, or they don't. Um, but you can also check us out on our Facebook page, by the way, and subscribe to us on Twitter. But uh, I just tweeted a, a photo of you two getting ready for the podcast. Oh so my. I'm so, you know. So they do know. If you're, on, <laughs> if you're following us on Twitter, you do know what we mean by evil Rick I forgot Brett to put anything on the, fan, uh, the Facebook page to get any questions I totally tonight. did, too. I'm sorry. I, I was... Busy from like noon on and totally forgot to do Good that. Good thing we already have so much to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. And and, and often the Facebook page, people ask questions that are like, we well, we already had that. We already had that. You know, so well, I don't mind having the conversation online. I, I like think having, it's great. You know, but uh, so let's talk about comics first. I like comics. And uh, I just, I just, it, it, this just makes me laugh. From the moment I got this, this press release from Marvel today about Hyperion books. Uh, which is Disney's publishing arm. So you'd be thinking that the Disney-Marvel synergy would be the kind of things that fans have been asking for, like, hey, how about some Disney characters in comic books good for kids? 
And uh, right, I mean that would be like Marvel, I, uh, yes. Marvel publishing Walt Disney's comics and stories. Get the new kids in there, or doing uh, Treasury editions of uh, of Uncle Scrooge, you know, of Carl Bark stuff. Yeah, Marvel could have some, good stuff, great stuff. Uh, no, they're gonna they're officially. I think this is the first thing that Marvel and Hyperion are doing together. Uh, a, a pair coming out in June of of women's novels, um, which. Is a, Nothing uh, against women, no. Eric. Those are also referred to as like bodice rippers. No, no, because no? they don't have bodices. Uh, that's uh, that. Uh, yeah, I, it's nothing against women. It's just seem. It, that's not my point. I think that one of them. Seems, I like women. I do too. Oh, okay. I think one of the. I think one of them seems more like a like a young adult novel. You know, teen girls wish fulfillment, and, and I'm fine with that because Marvel did experiment with this. A while back with a novel about Mary Jane, mm-hmm. which I thought, you know, and which they had done as a girl's comic too. Mary yep. Jane loves Spider-Man or Spider-Man yep. loves Mary Jane, um, which was a really good book that nobody bought. Um, so they tried I in the comic it. book shops. Sure. Okay. I'm sorry. Gave them to Debbie. <clears throat> okay. And did she read them? No. Okay. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was more of one of those books that men bought hoping, see, you could show their girlfriends. Yeah. There's a comic book for you too. <laughs> This and is so, lame. And give so, me the Avengers. I want to read Walking Dead. And so these novels may feel pandering, but one is just, just hilariously, the She-Hulk Diaries, with an image of green lipstick, which really till today didn't occur to me that she's wearing green lipstick, and why wouldn't she wear red as a contrasting color or something? I, you know, <laughs> she looked like the Joker. Or no, weird. She does not have green. She she's looks like she's like a totally hot so- scroll chick. Wait, did I just say something too much about myself? I think you did. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, totally hot scroll chick could look like anybody you want. I, I like. have envied Johnny Storm for years. Yeah. Um, but the other one. So wait a minute. And it's about Jennifer Walters. Jennifer Walters trying to balance her career as an attorney by day, crime fighter by night, with the love of a good, finding a good man. Okay. Um, just the finding a good man. It, 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 it's, it's, it was se- sounding like Fifty Shades of Green to me. It, it's it's it, it's sex in the super city. Okay. But I like Fifty. I you know, you don't want her to get into <laughs> spanking or anything. There's a poor guy who just lost his pelvis. It was shattered with one. <laughs> Some guys are into that. Pelvis shattering. <laughs> Roll fifty two. You're right. I'm sorry. I don't know why I doubt you sometimes. Evil Rick Bredschneider. <laughs> Rick, I could doubt because he's naive and innocent. He Evil Rick Brettschneider, he's seen it all. I've seen things I can't unsee. <laughs> Nor do you want to. Oh. <laughs> um, anyway, the other novel involving the X Men's Rogue, and that's where she's still a teenager. It's like Marie when she, like at the beginning of X Men the movie, right. she's stolen the powers of, uh, or the the life energy of her first boyfriend. She meets this new guy, and so it's kind of the teen runaway thing. And I think this is probably a novel aimed at. You know, thirteen to eighteen year old girls. It's going to out Twilight. Twilight, because not only can't she con- con- consummate, oh yeah, them, oh yeah, she can't touch them. Oh yeah, it's right? absolutely it's, it's like cha- it's chastity porn. Oh, which is just yeah, it's, it's which is awesome. I mean, I, I'm fine with that, but I just really love the title because if these books fail, we'll still be remembering remembering the title and giggling about it for years. I, I love the fact that I, I would rogue love, touch. I would love it if she's in a. A love triangle with um, Morbus the Vampire and Jack Russell, Werewolf by Night. The Terrier? Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, Jack Russell Terrier, yes. Yes. Why? What would you call it then? Twilight. 
Twilight. Oh, it would be. You know, you're right. Morbius the Living Vampire. Why not just Dracula or Hannibal King? Dracula's too old. Hannibal King? Hannibal King's too old. Ryan Reynolds played him in the movie. He's too old. Uh, really? Hannibal King is old, if you read the story. Sure. But Morbus could be young. He's not. But, yes, okay. But could, I, but I, I get your point. Be. He could be. Uh, all right. Uh, so, anyway, I'm just, uh, I am uh, looking forward to not Rogue Touch. These <laughs> coming out in paperback or hardback? Or Hard you, covers? You're going to get the numbered, numbered, limited, slipped case today? I'm going to see if I can reach out to Hyperion and say, <laughs> can I, I mean, because seriously, I will have my daughter review it. I mean, because sure. I know if, my daughter would read it in an afternoon and tell me, no, you know. Thumbs up, thumbs, thumbs down. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, you guys caught up on Superior Spider-Man? I am. No. Well, I'm still enjoying the book, but in the back, I thought very bravely, letters page this week, which is full of people who hate Superior Spider-Man they without hate- having read it. Yeah. They exactly. hate Superior Spider-Man. Say, how could they hate it already if they haven't even read it yet? <coughs> yeah, it's all the kind of people that are saying, Dear Marvel... I hate change. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can get my best Casey Kasem voice on. Could you give me <laughs> oh, a good, good. Dear Marvel, I've been a reader since 1970, and you finally got me to stop reading Spider-Man. Thanks a lot. Well done. Well done, Dan Slott. And I'm thinking, you lasted through the Clone Saga? You lasted through Brand New Day? Brand New Day was the good one. One more oh, day. Oh, I was, was at One More Day. I'm sorry. Brand New Day was Dan Slott coming on and actually trying to yeah. salvage the mess, which he clearly did. Um, but, yeah. and, and, and he, The marriage of Aunt May. Uh, <laughs> which has, you know, been horribly brought back to us. Yeah. You know, the death and resurrection of Aunt May, the yeah. return of Norman Osborn. I mean, yeah. so many dumbass things have happened in that book. Peter Parker had his marriage annulled by Satan. Mm. And the fact... That he died a hero and got replaced by a guy who had been a villain is the thing that's going to make you stop reading this book. If I may, channel William Shatner in his immortal words, get a life. I am ashamed of my people. Uh, (laughs) It's like all those people who really thought Superman was dead. Who were those people? I don't know. The rubes. Yeah. Uh, So. Simpletons. In. Now we're all talking all like the Doc people Ock. who thought Bucky was Simpletons. <laughs> oh, I am the superior Spider-Man. Because that's how he talks, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He says, oh, J. Janet, J. Jonah Jameson. Only an idiot would have sent a signal up. And I proved you, sir, are no idiot. You were testing me. I think, I think we should have a reading some week. Yeah. So we're Spider-Man. Let me do that voice. Today, you can be something else. We'll and no reading. one notices that Peter Parker is now talking <laughs> like this. Peter, why are you talking like that now? Because I have finally learned to speak the language correctly, you impotent boob. <laughs> Watching a little too much masterpiece theater. Today we will be reading Superior Spider-Man, issue one. Okay. Uh, we'll schedule that for next week. Uh, so, anyway, uh, but I liked the issue. And he goes up against the vulture. And, yeah. and like, his responses are really... I mean, it's oh, like... The, the whole business, the characterization. Like you made me hit a kid? Oh. You made me hit a child? The characterization yeah. of Doc Hung is like... Well, if he hadn't become a Spider-Man, I almost, I mean, he couldn't because he's too old, but if you just made Doc Ock a crime fighter somehow with that personality, I almost would have started buying that because it's an interesting exploration of character. It's well done. And and so, 
And the ghost of Obi-Wan oh, K- K- Parker is still there. It's still annoying. So um, people just get over it. It's going to happen. Yeah. Except that Peter Parker is starting to go, he is better than me. And getting really annoyed, which is kind of funny, that the ghost is like, right. yeah, he's doing that better. He is doing that better. Crap. He's doing that better. I mean, in the issue two, why he can't be with Mary Jane. Like, he ran yeah. all those variables. It's like, you can't do this. We're in this cycle. It can't be. And it's like, you're right. I mean that's the right. that's that's the thing that was that was a smarter way than by the way Satan is an old marriage. Oh, except uh, one. By the way, did you guys one of the trade paper? I think the trade paperback or a flashback in one of in a Spider Man. Um, Mary Jane whispered something to Mephisto. Right. Yeah. And we still don't know what that was. No, we do now. Who said? No, it's either in the trade paperback or uh, again in a flashback. Somebody recreated the panel, and in in an actual Spider Man in continuity Marvel book, in which it's tiny but legible. Well, what's he sh- what's he say? I will always remember. That is the plot complication that has not been picked up. Is that Mary Jane knows knows exactly what happened? Do the and current why. writers know that? Yeah, Dan Slott must know. So it's a thing to be... They're not playing her that way. No. No. But it's an interesting... That, you know, if somebody... Come on. And was that... If it had been handled right in the first place, yeah, that would have been interesting. Because what they were giving, what they're doing, what they were doing was giving it out. Yeah. You know, the... the, the, the what, what, what did they call that in the, in the new 52? The 52 break wall. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, there is, uh, the flash Pandora point. effect. No, it was the flashpoint break walls, what right. they called right. call in Legion of Superheroes. So they did have they do, did have an out. They, she could pull the trigger at any time and say, I remember. Because Peter Parker doesn't. Right. But she does. So, you know. It's, I have to go back and look at that. Did she have, did she have negotiating power with him to she make She said that something. She, yeah, she said that, okay. was a, that was a clause she put in with him if she okay. agreed to it. And he said, and he said, you know, said some satanic little, whatever you think, you foolish trollop. Because all my villains now sound like that. <laughs> you foolish trollop. Why don't we just change the podcast to a bunch of dramatic readings of comic books? That would be awesome. <laughs> Episode 299. A bad impersonation of Jonathan Harris reading your favorite comic books. <laughs> Dear boy. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, that's the worst ambush Gather bug round, ever. children. Oh my god, if ambush bug had that voice. <laughs> <laughs> totally changed DC Universe Online. This is ambush bug. Go ahead, play in the vault. Uh, so, uh, anyway. Uh, Fearless Defenders number one came out today. Did anybody, or yesterday, Pass. did anybody pick that up? No. I, I did. I physically picked it up. I did too. <coughs> Waiting for that joke. Yes. I flipped open... I did, not like the art. I did not like the art. I don't even remember the art. I said, who's in this? Misty Knight? No. And I like Misty Knight. I like Misty Knight and Colleen Wing. I'm a little tired of the Valkyrie character. Yeah, Valkyrie. I've been uh, tired of the Valkyrie character since she was brought into the original Defenders. And Although, if I may say, I enjoyed the Valkyrie character in the Ultimate Universe. I like that one because she had a more interesting origin. Yeah. 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 So... Um, and I've always liked the look, thinking like the female Thor, and I realized that was why she was in there, and I'm like, okay with that. I picked it up. But what's I, special about her? No, I mean, no, and that's true. When you, when you actually define who she is, it's like what, there really isn't. And it's and although again, in the typical Marvel now fashion of there is a reason for this, 
that is going to end in about four or five issues. You know, it, it's got a jumping out. You know, it is a it is a closed story or or the potential to be a closed story, which uh-huh. again is a great jumping off point. Um, I don't think I'm going to jump on further because I think it was very poorly written. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I think that uh, that women readers, if there are indeed any, there are, I know there are, there are, are going to be absolutely offended because because there's a a woman who is a lesbian in this car- comic who is portrayed just as obnoxiously. I mean, it's still ma- 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 male wish fulfillment, and and there's even a badly written scene where. Valkyrie and Misty Knight are are fighting back to back, and and Misty Knight says something in what is supposed to be like vernacular, but it's not even all that slangy. And Valkyrie is talking in the proto Shakespearean dialect that that Marvel uses for all Asgardians, right? And they both turn to each other and you know why are you talking like that? And I'm like. Misty Knight was just kind of speaking English, and Valkyrie's <laughs> been in the Defenders before and has yeah. heard people talk like that. I was like, "What? What?" I mean, it wasn't even like she didn't even call them jive turkeys, or you know, j- you know, just, <laughs> which she has, I mean, which she well in the seventies maybe. Yeah. I mean, some pretty offensive things were written. Calling wing, night wing detectives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say everybody, hey, pass on that book. Um, we got a seconded. We got a from uh, Marvel that they've got an origin for which character do you think really most needs an origin right now? Right now, the most needed origin belongs to <laughs> Star Lord, which is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy point one. Which I now realize that's why it's a point one and not a one because those point ones do seem to be origin books. Mm-hmm. But but they should be zero. But the original Peter Quill did have an origin. <coughs> But I think retold. it's different. But like I said, I, 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 I think Peter Jason Quill was was originally not in the Marvel universe or intended not, originally not. Well, intended it was in a Marvel be, book. It was in the Marvel. It was black a Marvel and white. book, but yeah. it wasn't intended to be. You know, and then somebody said he's got a good look and he should be. Yeah. and that's why I'd like to change my answer. The most needed origin is of Thanos, and it should be written by Joe Keating. It was, and now it is not. Exactly. We got retconned. Poor Joe. Uh, no, I mean, seriously, that is, but you know, he's happy. He got Morbius, and honestly, I mean, that's good, but you're right. It's probably, right now, I think Thanos might not sell as much. If if that origin book was coming closer to Avengers 2, and people were, like, seeing an image of him or something. Well, they just reprinted all the Thanos stories. Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean that the average person who's, like, I know, I keep pretending there are these people going into stores who have never read comics before, no, but, but they've been doing There are it. plenty of current comic readers who were, who came in too late to have read those. Okay, that could be. Yeah. Uh, and I realize, yeah, some of us just picked up the essentials, but that's not everybody. You're right. You're yeah. right. So, uh, no, it's actually going to be Iron Man. Karen Gillan, whose work I very much enjoy, uh, and Dale Eaglesham, who I know, I didn't know the he art. Did Fantastic before. Four. He's a good artist. I yeah, like him. Yeah, he was um, an incredible Hulk for uh, a while. He's doing Iron Man. They're doing Iron Man origin, and the image tweeted was uh, a baby with the gray armor of Iron Man, the helmet on his head. So and, it's in a diaper sitting naked yes. on the floor with the Iron Man helmet, helmet on his head. Like yes. the cover of Notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die, but instead <clears> of an afro, it's a Iron Man helmet. You don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh, I, I know who you're referring to. I realized there was an album called that. <laughs> I have never looked at it. It's not quite it. like talking to your father. Oh. 
No, I, I, your older brother is separated by the Vietnam War or something. I don't know. I, you know, it's a that's a horrible injury. <laughs> <laughs> but it does seem like you know, like what what is missing? What is missing from the Iron Man origin? Now, I can say I can understand. Maybe I, I guess you have to kind of. No, I think they've already done it in the books. So like updated enough to go like what conflict caused him to. I mean. We're really okay. The movie's settled it. I don't need to see anything more. Mm. I don't feel like anything was missing there. So I Is don't know. Is it going to be like a, it's all, this was all predetermined, like Ultimate Spider-Man? And that's possible. I don't like But that. I don't like that either. But I don't know. So I don't want to pass judgment. Oh, no, not like that. He's facing the other way. <laughs> um, Rick looked up the Notorious B.I.G. ready to die. You guys, look, I'm doing well we with my technological advancement. podcast title. Ready to die? <laughs> No, no. Don't name it too soon. Many more things could come. Oh. You know, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not gonna, I can't call it. Um, so also, in the back of every DC book, they've launched this weekly oh, God. news update called uh, Channel 52. Like, like apparently... Cable it, Channel 52? Yeah, apparently in the DC universe, people only get UHF. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, that's what they're watching. Uh, so they're like filling in I, aside from you did not enjoy it. It's two pages. I enjoy because ambush bug is a roving reporter. I appreciate like the three attempt. panels. Uh, it, three panels were okay. They were okay. They were funny. But the problem is like the editorial timing is bad because it implies a wrap up to death of a family. Yes. Which isn't coming out until next week. Yes. So I was panicked at the shop last night. Thinking you missed something. Thinking I missed it. Did I miss an issue of Batman? Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. You yeah. know, so. Um, Plus they kind of go, this is what the story's about. No, no, we're just kidding. This is what the story is about. Is it a ghost? Yeah. Or, like, what? Yeah. So it's not really doing anything except like po- posthumous hype. Um, filling two spaces. Well, it could be. It could be that eventually they'll do something clever with it. But <laughs> you it, know what I it, like? What the DC Nation page prior to DC All Access? Yes, that was the best one they've done. I enjoyed that as well. I miss a lot of things about DC. They used to do things right, and then remember Fifty Two Weeks? I do. That was a good event. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been downhill since then. It has been. Huh. It has. <laughs> Um, not the new 52, the original 52. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Countdown. Yeah. But, yeah, so you might say I've kind of fallen in lo- fallen out of love with, with DC. DC. And yet this week they tried to get me back with a book about young romance. Uh, and you know what a sucker you are for romance comics. I am a sucker. You know what a sucker you are for $8 romance comics. With superhero Valentine. With, with like, super clinch going on there with, uh, she is, she is upon him right oh yeah she yeah. is riding the row yeah um so <laughs> sorry your enunciation uh, was almost perfect on that i know which is why i'm not fit for human <laughs> company um well, yeah. hey ladies if you want a guy who can pronounce the name of Krypton, they're God. referring to wonder woman wrapping her legs around superman while they kiss in the she's air. wrapping everything around superman also. yes Yes, he's like a. He's like like. Whoa! Uh, I guess I'm going with this. <laughs> and she's like, Yeah, you are. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I would say Superman is getting taken advantage of at that. Point. I'd say I, that I'd, that's. Uh... I'd say, I'd say, Princess Diana. I know that you are new I mean, to man's world, but no means no. His his posture is actually, entirely passive. Actually, I do want to say uh, when it, when it, in man's world, when a man says it, no means well, maybe, <laughs> um, but. Uh, 
And then when you no throw means yourself, if you force me, I will. Right, and then when and then when you're there, it's no means. Okay, yeah, that, that was fine. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Yeah, they, they they have these Valentine's cards, which were very reminiscent to me of the '70s of cards that I wish had existed when I was a kid. But uh, uh-huh. I like that there is a swamp thing one. Because I think again, that was the first one I saw. Nothing you don't says bring me flower. Uh, that's what he says, isn't yep. it? it yeah. It's uh, yeah. Um, there's a couple of clever ones. There's, I like Batman best. There's yeah. It's just it's just us. Except you know that's actually a death penalty slogan, mm. anti death penalty slogan. There's no justice. There's just us. So uh, it, you know, yeah. I don't think that's what it was. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, it was directly tying into the Catwoman story. Yes. Um, as we talked about. This is a book of six, unless you want to, unless you want to spend eight dollars for these valentines, which is only two pages of valentines, but they're on fine cardstock and suitable <laughs> for handing out to They'll your classroom. Stay in that book. Um, I don't know. I might you know I might hand them out. You might hand them uh, out. You, know, you think so? The rest school? of the faculty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, but the stories, the one I liked the best, and you said, well, you know, it, try, it was tried. Why did you describe that? It tried harder. They thought it was better than it, it was. Thought or? It was better than it. It was. It was not as good as it was trying to be. Yes, but it was the only story that I felt was trying to be good. good yeah, uh, which was Aquaman and Mira. To, you know, compare, contrasting their romance with with a a doomed love affair from the past. Yeah, um, it Pan, was, it's like panel by panel breakdown through the whole story. And they were blonde and redhead, and it was you know yeah. yes, I mean yeah. a, a little perfunctory because when you get those kinds of anthology books like. I, they're always they're they're never like it was much more a mirror story too than yeah Aquaman. which I appreciate yeah, and it's a, in these kinds of holiday anthology books I rarely get a story that I go like yeah that's what I'm going to remember for years to come yeah they're usually just throwaway little okay it's a, maybe a chance to get some new talent working on stuff I respect that but the Catwoman story was retelling garbage g- it's pathetic retelling how she first met batman on valentine's or telling day. on valentine's day and, and if, it wasn't a retelling of any story I ever read. one yeah right because if that was catwoman's new origin in the new 52 that blew so hard given what kind of awesome origin she's had every time she's been her origin is re- right reconned. right that blew so bad i yeah. thought it was a new 52 book oh wait it was uh, <laughs> so and then, and then, most of those stories also do say to, to be continued in yeah. the page of something else, like, or references no, to previous. Just give episodes. me an anthology book of stories. Yeah, it but that's what you used to be able to do when you had oh a history and and um care and and you were in a in a uh, company that treasured the characters over the plot events. Nate if and I were you talking. You like seeing Catwoman and Batman together? Watch for them again in Catwoman number nineteen. Yes. Yeah. No, and I don't want to. Nate and I were talking about this. There was another. There was another special that they did. I think it was a, at around the time it had been a year, and they did like a fifty-two special edition, similarly priced. But again, it was just like a bunch of house ads. I do remember stories. that. I, yeah. I, don't, I think it I had think some that one catchy title like New Fifty Two Special. New Fifty Two Special. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I, I think I bought that. Yeah. Um. But it, but it, it does feel like oh, let it go, Derek. I, it's like eating a Twinkie. I was so totally regretting it and then forget mm. I had one. No, the Batgirl story was the worst Batgirl story I've ever read. Yes, absolutely. And also, there's some reference to her new origin too, and like the blurb about her, and I was like. That doesn't even make sense as an origin. Yeah. Like, she saw her father in danger, so she happened to throw on a Batgirl suit that she had <laughs> lying around. Um, 
Where is my dominoed dare doll? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm going back to supervillain voice again. Yeah. Mm, where is my dominoed dare doll? Um, and what was the oh, Superman and Wonder Woman at the end? Which was a story I started out feeling a little high hope because at least Superman, the date seemed almost realistic. But this is the same date they've done before. They had a very similar know, date I in I Justice know. League. Oh, it's not justice. It's just us. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, but he caught the golden bullet, so <sighs> let's stop. Yeah. Um, so we're not well, I mean, recommending that. Did that guy that. think he was going to be able to shoot Wonder Woman with Superman standing right there? He was, oh, he was E-Ross. trying to shoot Superman. He was Eros. He was trying to shoot Superman. That was the he was going to punish Superman Superman's by making. No, he's got he's got a magic bullet. Yeah, right? he's Eros. The bullets in Wonder in the book Wonder Woman. He's been established as if he shoots you with the bullet, that you're permanently in love with whoever. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm. <laughs> Don't take it personal. Oh no, he's taking it personally. Um, so let me move on to other things that are upsetting me about DC, DC this month. Um, there's a house ad for the movie Superman Man of Steel which is saying to buy the look at all these great graphic novels which will lead in in case you're not familiar with the character if you you want to learn more about Superman should you have been living under a rock and never ever heard of this super fellow (laughs) um, uh, here's some great graphic novels which I I can't object to the presence of Earth One uh, the two Earth One, I, I've, right. actually, I've enjoyed. Volumes They're one fine. And two. Volumes one and two by J. Michael Straczynski, and I, I'm, I apologize to the artist who's very good, but I can't remember his name Alan, right now. No, no, Sean Davis, Shane, Sean Davis, Shane name? Davis, Shane Davis. Okay, um, really good. I've enjoyed both those. Shecky Davis. Shecky is not Shecky, <laughs> uh, but I've enjoyed both volumes of that. Shwarma Davis. Uh, Shwarma. Okay, um, there it is. Sure, you could have just read me the name. Uh, I figured you're going to reference something else. You're going to forget. Oh no, no, because Superman: Last Son of Krypton right. is uh, Jeff Johns and Richard Donner's uh, story about the son of Zod who gets adopted. It's a fun story, but no longer fits, by the way, in, the in continuity. continuity. Yeah. But it happens to be written by Jeff Johns, the chief creative officer of DC. And no, I don't consider it. It's an interesting DC story. But not not a cla- not a classic one, and it was immediately crapped upon by their own writing. Um, for tomorrow, which is the uh, another another publisher's book, Jim Lee, with Brian Azzarello, and it is one of the most forgettable superstar artist writer storylines. I couldn't tell you anything that happened in For Tomorrow, mm. except I remember being disappointed. And uh, All Star Superman, which yes. You should buy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and Action Comics. The first volume right, of Action. the first volume of Action. By Grant Morrison and Rags Morales. Like also Superman. The last two on that page are the ones I would recommend first. Except here's what I would recommend first over that. If you're trying to prep up for Man of Steel, mm-hmm. the graphic novel that is actually, by most accounts, the one heavily borrowed on, borrowed from, for the film, which is Mark Wade and Lionel Hughes, the creative team, by the way, on Indestructible Hulk. Maybe that's why, too. Is that on that page? It's not on that page. Oh. Birthright. Superman, Birthright. And this is what I'm going to say, Petty. Mark Wade, I admit, man, Mark Wade has a talent for pissing people off. No doubt. No doubt. But the fact is, that's the source of your movie. And you, and, um, you may have to give Mark Wade a little money, but you're going to be making the money, too. You put that up there. You, the, because that's prepping for, for Birthright. Stop being petty. And acknowledge Mark Wade's c- c- contributions. Just as I was angry 
watching the director DVD, the Justice League Doom, which was very, very clearly taken from a Mark Wade JLA plotline. All props to Dwayne McDuffie. That was the you know you wanted to tribute Dwayne McDuffie because it was his last screenplay um, before he passed away. Um, but in all the extras that talk about it, all and everybody that gets interviewed, Mark Wade is not only not mentioned. He, he we're not only not interviewed. He's not mentioned. And when they talk about creators who contributed, whose work contributed in the in the credits to Justice League Doom, Mark Wade is omitted. And stop doing that, people. I mean. He's a great writer, and yes, right now he happens to be writing great things for Marvel. But there's a reason for that, yeah. and uh, it's going to pass, and you're going to look petty and stupid So again, what's later the year. name of that book? Birthright. Superman Birthright. Birthright. And uh, it is it is a great graphic novel collection, and and it is one of the few books that uh, it prompted me immediately to... I, I did write to Mark Wade right after, at the end of that, when I finished reading the 12th issue of that series... Wrote to him and said, you know, he blew me away with that. And, uh, you know, so uh, not that just because I've written the creators why you should read it. It's just that it that's my kind of seal of if I had a way of writing Grant Morrison, he'd never stop hearing from me. I think uh, you have to write the letter and then put it in an urn, burn it, and then you'll get an answer. There's a further step I can't talk about on the uh, air. Okay. But I've I've studied Grant Morrison's ways it enough. It has a lot to do with murder. Oh. Maybe no. Not. Oh, it's still unpleasant. Um, huh. afterwards. Uh, so and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is he not? Is he like currently the smartest man alive or the smartest nerd alive? That's what they say. That's what they say. Um, certainly most approachable smart nerd. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who is doing with Seth MacFarlane? Isn't he doing the remake of Cosmos? Uh, for oh, I hadn't heard that for Fox. Yeah, I think that he would is. be awesome. Yeah, uh, which is an odd combination. Neil deGrasse Tyson and Seth MacFarlane. I are doing. think that's going to be wonderful. Yes, I actually do. Because now, you know, I mean, I've converted to Seth MacFarlaneism in the last so year. So Reese's peanut butter of uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. cosmology. Anyway, a couple months ago, uh, DC had him determine where the, where the star of Krypton was. Um, and so he identified where in the galaxy you could find it. And they did a little short backup story in Superman about that. Uh, but now he's, he's tweeted today. Uh, that he has determined how heavy Thor's hammer is. And it's made of, and I like this, says, according to legend, not really, uh, made of neutron star matter. So I thought it was Uru. Uru metal, yes, which is neutron star matter. Oh, okay. You have to realize that it's, it's the Norse magic is <laughs> right. their own science. Don't get, don't get distracted here. How heavy do you think it is? I've already read it. I did too. All right. A herd of 300 billion elephants. I love that. <laughs> Where do you find the handle to lift the herd of... I don't know. No the, bag's going to be strong enough to carry that. Nor it's, to clean up. Yeah. It's made by the gods. Mm. Actually, it's made by the trolls. Right. That make things for the gods. Yes. And what I want to know is, as we were making it, at some point it's going to be really hard to work with that... <laughs> You know, it's finished. Oh, <laughs> nearly there. I can't lift it. Okay. Get Thor in here to someone, turn his hammer over. Someone turn it over. We're not <laughs> worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> is there someone worthy in here? Nate is. All right. So um, let's talk to movies now, shall we? Yes. Okay. Let us. 
All right, so there's uh, like some big like, movies coming up. Well, yeah, and, and a lot of rumors of stuff. Star Wars Seven rumors of the week. Again, we know J.J. Abrams been there. Uh, Disney confirmed they're doing spinoff movies. At the beginning, there was a rumor leak that there was a Yoda solo film coming, but I feel like that might have been just confused with that Lego Yoda. Um, I mean, no, seriously, yeah. because you know, show. and I think that, and I don't think it's a show. I mean, it's just a one-off. I, I don't think you'd want to do a full-on Yoda movie. I do all not the way want through. to see a full-on Yoda movie. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Maybe a Yoda short at the beginning of one of the Star Wars movies. Fine, kind of like Pixar. <laughs> I'd love to see a young Yoda, Yoda. in <laughs> lightsaber trouble uh, in Minox season. That would be awesome. <laughs> Minox season, Bantha season, Minox season. Um, sorry, Nate is unamused. You don't want to see a young Yoda? No, because a young Yoda, when only one hundred years old, he's reached. <laughs> I was going to say, a young Yoda looks like an old Yoda. <laughs> and, and I know I'm a bit of a purist. I miss the Muppet uh, version, true. not the CG yeah, yeah. one. That's true. Um, but they did announce that... Uh, it, Yoda it, ever show up on Sesame Street? I don't think so. But don't quote been. me on that. He might have. Um, but they did confirm that uh, Lawrence Kasdan was, was exploring uh, that they're writing movies out of the trilogy concept and just one-offs and adventures which i'm fine with oh yeah and they did say they're going to do a young, like some single movies that are not to wait three years for the next a young han solo no the problem is i feel like if you do a young han solo they're gonna go for those han solo novels it's gonna be like han solo at star's end right uh you know and then um so it is unofficially a trilogy because i'm sorry rick nothing will ever be a single movie again not ever not, not after peter jackson no exactly um and Boba Fett spinoff films, but actually, I think the mistake is I don't think they should be a solo film. I think I want to see the ta- when when Solo met Boba, and uh, <laughs> I'll have what he's having. No, but yeah, because my argument, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what uh, what I, I I was arguing with somebody online politely. We're not really arguing uh, that that um, in Return of the Jedi. Like Han Solo barely saw Boba Fett in in Bespin, so we're getting nerdy. Uh, Nate, please leave the room, purchase glasses, come back, so you can maybe push them up on the bridge of your nose. Um, that uh, he, you know, Boba Fett showed up, and he's like, and so he, you know, Solo's in Carbonite, never gets called Boba Fett in his presence, but it's clear in Return of the Jedi that he knew who Boba Fett was. And because right. Chewbacca, yeah, because Chewbacca goes, Boba Fett, Boba Fett. So, um, Boba yeah, Fett. and since, Where? and since the Star Wars holiday special has been retconned out of existence, that animated segment cannot be where they met. It was born retconned. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so that can't be where they met, which thus means there must be an interesting story of, of. the rogue Corellian trader running afoul of the uh suddenly uh Maori or it's one of those weird buddy films you know where they or maybe they, they both did. they're maybe in a situation where they both have to Corellian work and Mandal- one's a Corellian one's a Mandalorian <laughs> and when these two get together <laughs> planets explode <laughs> yeah with laughter um so yes <laughs> uh I don't know why that was so bad that was I wrong don't, I don't know why Hollywood never calls um 
because there is like one spirit of Hollywood that has a phone, right? That calls people. I've uh, just felt the soul so, of thousand <laughs> souls all laughing at once. No, you didn't. One, no. Millions of souls. No. No. Um, but the rumor that I think you would like the best that I believe was coming uh, out of Latino Review today. And they're, they're a site that like they come up with rumors and then, yeah, they're usually right. I have to give it to them. Um, John, no, no, I take that back. It's out of New Zealand, so it's not because it makes sense that they would make this rumor. So New Zealand or Australian of a Latino uh, review, Australian review. Uh, John Noble from Fringe, from Fringe, Walter. is rumored to Walter from Fringe is rumored to be the villain of Star Wars Seven. He could play a great villain, and so yeah. Well, I was gonna say is uh, I again still wish that what the character we would see come to. The Star Wars movie universe oh, would be Thrawn, but he's too old, and and he's not. Thrawn was a big, massive guy. I never perceived him that way. You know, he's he's a he's a bulky guy, and um, he's he's uh, physical. I, I thought mean, the original action figure of Thrawn, which is a, largely my image, yeah, was not that bulky. It was he's just been a regular... in, he's been in at least five novels now, um, and he's he's not a he's he's. Like square jawed and and oh, and I've always seen him as just elegant and British. Mm, okay, uh, but no, and evil with an Salamir. <laughs> he's on his... blue. Yes, but John Noble could play blue. He could. Well, that means a whole different thing. I, I realize that the, the Thrawn action figure is <laughs> Nate. It's not worth looking up. For don't, God's sake, don't just look up the action figure. Conversation. Look up. Look up uh, pictures of of General Thrawn, Admiral Admiral Thrawn. Um, Anyway, the uh, I would say I'd go with somebody like Clancy Brown, maybe, or you know, somebody gri- slightly grizzled. He's been up through the ranks. He's the thing about Thrawn is that he's the I Empire know, but, doesn't like aliens. They don't. They like only like real pure blood humans. Okay, the action figure does look a little bulky. Yeah, yeah, and yet a little bit like John Noble. Um, a lot like John Noble. <laughs> yeah. So or. I'd like John C. Riley. Oh no, I'm going to go with Clancy Brown because I want Clancy Brown yeah, Clancy to Brown. have I one. I can't even go Josh Brolin. By maybe. the way, by the way, Clancy Brown in Sparks. Um, yeah. But uh, but I would like I would like Clancy Brown to get one, at least one more really really iconic role. Uh-huh. You know, because um, he's actually voicing uh, Lex Luthor in the Lego Batman movie that's coming out next month. Hasn't he done Luther before? Oh, he's done it for the Superman animated. Yeah, yeah. So he's in the video game too, which is like they don't have any of the other animated voices that are regular, but they got Clancy Brown because they've decided Clancy Brown is like the iconic Lex Luthor Lex now. Lex Luthor voice, yeah. Which is interesting, and I wish Hollywood would pay attention to this. For a generation of fans, thanks to your inattention cinematically, the iconic portrayals are the, are the animated, animated ones. Yeah. Our Clancy Brown, Mark Hamill is the Joker, Kevin Conroy is Batman. Mm-hmm. Don't be stupid. Use that because I'll bet you, especially after Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, there are a lot more than just those of us who were watching the animated series. There are now gamers, and that's a whole bunch of people that are like ready yeah. to go. You could do something big screen animated, and you would solve your stupid JLA problems, which we'll get to in a moment. Yeah. Um, so, which I didn't have mentioned, so that's another thing that's come out here, is that the, the Warner Brothers, as of today, has officially scrapped their Justice League script. 
Beat. Because it's so hard to write a Justice League story that doesn't suck. Are you kidding? They had the guy who wrote Gangster Squad. You could have just swapped out every damn character in Gang- Gangster Squad, <laughs> given them superhero powers, right. and we would have eaten it up, and it would have been watchable. And people were ragging on, like, they go, oh, good, Gangster Squad was unwatchable. It's like, no, it wasn't. It was a fine little movie. What do you want? You know, it was just, it wasn't L.A. confidential. No. But it was fun. It was well-dialogued. It was well-acted. You know, and I thought, and it was a superhero movie because nobody had powers. Superhero origin movie. Yeah, it yeah. was a team. It was team, a team origin. Team movie. origin. And it, but nobody had powers, and so and, yeah. you know, it, it, it's like it, it, it isn't that hard. It can't be that hard. It or go and hire somebody like Grant Morrison, and then Mark Miller like talk, gave an interview and talked about how well it's because nobody likes Justice League characters; they're all stupid. You know, like Green Lantern well. sucks. Said with the Scottish accent, I'm sure, and and it's more like okay, well, um, no, it, would, it it goes bad when they get the the standard Hollywood creatives in there who have to put their mark on the on the story. Yeah. They can't leave it. They can't let canon rule what they do because then they wouldn't be expressing themselves. It's like let the let the work express itself. Get get past yourself. There's a reason these things are popular. Let's you know, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I still go by if you did the first arc on Grant Morrison's JLA with the Hyper Clan, uh, you'd have plenty of action figures. You'd have a whole potential of White Martian action figures of their Hyper Clan identities, mm-hmm. and you'd have the iconic superheroes all there. You'd have the kind that could change from one form to the other. And the, and the reality is, at least in the U.S., and I realize maybe not globally, but I think I think – enough globally that you could just go ahead. You don't need anybody's origins. Frankly, you do a GLA story right, and I realize no actor would do this. You don't even need to show secret identities. Yeah. You know, but I, but most actors, I mean, the, the characters that don't wear masks, they'd be fine. Um, you know, those actors would be, yes, I'm fine, but, but you know, you'd have to show some, at some point, Batman has to take off his mask to be heartthrob Zac Efron. Doesn't it have to be ripped off? <laughs> in, a a movie, yes. in, comedy, in a Marvel in movie, in a Marvel movie, yes, yeah. Um, but then let's go. Let's just you know what? Right now, the Warner DC universe cinematically is a wash. It's just it's just a waste. Until oh my god, Nate just looks like he smelled something horrid. I did. And what did you smell? The DC movie, movie universe. universe. <laughs> Indeed, it is rancid. All right. Let us go instead to back to the Marvel Universe, which is like the Disney Universe, because Star Wars and Marvel is the same. It's fantastic. Um, uh, that they have their Star-Lord for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and that was announced on the same day that James Gunn posted on Facebook, hey, everybody, I'm off to England. And now he's posting photographs from England. It's like, look at this British sunset. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that England does. <laughs> Gosh, I'm really jealous for a lot of reasons. You're in England, and it's beautiful. He's in the countryside gathering himself. But they announced the Star-Lord. And that is Parks and Recreation's Chris Pratt. To many people's surprise, but you, I know, Nate, seemed very cool with that choice. Yeah. And I don't really watch Parks and Rec, so I don't know. Well, he's not going to be uh, Parks no. and Rec. No, I know he's not. I'm not saying that. But but you get to say, wasn't he the bully in Big Fish, too? Ooh. I think I That's think, really going and he's but he's in a dramatic in role Zero in Zero Dark, Dark Thirty, 30. Zero Dark 30 and in, he buffed up for that. He was in Moneyball. 
No, he was always he's been a, always been a beefy guy. Uh, they 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 had photos of him him. Okay, but he's always but he's always been big. Yeah, yeah. And if I'm no, right, I mean ripped. Okay. And I mean, he's a seems, baseball player in Moneyball. And it seems like oh, I haven't watched Moneyball yet. Neither um, have I. But uh, it does it does feel like you know because I keep going back to those original Marvel stories. Like my vision of Star Lord. Is archaic. I realize that right. it's, it's outdated. So it's I more really like an need Alan to go Davis, into uh, slender. And I really should have thought. I really should have thought this out. Of, you know, obviously with James Gunn, he's got a twisted sense of humor, and I was like that. And I, I wasn't applying that to the Star Lord character, but it does make sense that whoever plays Star Lord will probably be dealing with a lot of insanity and have to have a good sense of timing. Mm. So it could be Chris Pratt would be a great choice. I just don't know. It wasn't one of those that I was like, oh, you know, so interesting. But I do like the idea of taking guys like Chris Pratt, who maybe not everybody knows, and that guy is vaulted into stardom. I'd rather have an unknown and prove, by the way, uh, Warner, again, if you're listening, it is the story and it is the property that will bring people into the theater. I'm not saying I don't want good actors playing it, right. but don't, don't, mis- don't make the mistake that you know. there's a whole reason people already – you have a built-in audience who you need to serve. It's just like Twilight. It is. It's just, it's just that teen girls are scarier than the rest of us. So, um, yeah. Uh, so that's good. And then there were rumors, again, from Latino Review, leaked about uh, Phase 3 of the Marvel Movie Universe. So are you ready for these? Have you heard these? I'm ready. I saw that friend of the program, Dave Tapia, suggested, hey, check out Latino Review for Phase 3, but I didn't do it. Okay. Well... It's not confirmed at all. This is just like they're saying, well, we've talked to an right, inside right. source. Who's a friend. But what they're claiming is that when you get finished with Avengers 2, at the end of Avengers 2, what will pass for the Marvel movie universe version of the Illuminati will gather and determine that the Hulk is too dangerous and send him into space. Probably after some incident. Right. Yeah. So we will get the Hulk movie... Of I just got a phase three, and that they will do Planet Hulk as the Hulk movie for phase three of Marvel while they develop Doctor Strange and Ant Man and everybody back over here on Earth. And then Avengers 3 will be World War Hulk. That. I'm speechless. <laughs> Is I that think, a good no, speechless? No, no, or it's a, a great speechless because you know what, we're, know what that means? We get a John Carter 2. <laughs> Basically. Sort of. With a green John Carter. <laughs> you can jump. Wait a minute. <laughs> yes. Let me rethink this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So uh, Nate likes it. Did they get the rights to Silver Surfer back yet? But yeah, but they don't need Silver Surfer. You I could, know, they don't need Silver it'd Surfer. It'd be nice to have the Silver Centurion in the But he's not essential to that plot at all. No. no. But it was nice. No, but you're right. The rights to Silver Surfer are still over at Fox. But if they, but the, he's not a sense of the plot. No. But I'll tell you something else. Honestly, Disney's powerful enough right now. If they want, if they felt it was essential, they'd strike. Somebody a deal. wakes up in the morning with a horse head in their bed. We get the Silver Surfer. <laughs> Beta Ray back. Bill's head in there. <laughs> Beta Ray Bill's in the cartoon instead of Silver Surfer. Uh-huh. You're right. You're right. So yeah. there it is. Boom. So there's your horse head. <laughs> uh, no, there's our Silver Centurion. Oh. I haven't watched the cartoon. Silver Savage is what he was. Silver Savage. Cartoon was good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. think it was on Netflix for a while, and then I let it pass. I got. I got. Because I've always found the directed to, to video Marvel movies 
somewhat unsatisfying. Mm. The exact opposite reaction of every Marvel movie movie that mm. I've gone to, that I've loved everything. And then flip that and apply it to DC, and that's what you have over there. I know, it's weird. It's like it's mm. like, like some bizarro universe. Um, me, I'm disappointed, Warner. Um, and so th- that would be really cool. Um, I'm not even going to, you know, I, I don't even want to dignify this Star Trek thing, except you watch 30 seconds on the Super Bowl of the Star Trek commercial. Yeah. And it was just like, could we please get to May? Could we please? Take my money. Take my, I want to. Get, come on. Do you uh, have to bring up the Super Bowl, Derek? I'm sorry. There was, was an unnamed. Get over this. I'm sorry. There was an unnamed sporting event. Right. Um, the power failure. And there was a commercial uh, that for Star Trek, and I enjoyed it. There was also a hilarious commercial for Iron Man 3, the extended look. 33 seconds of Robert Downey Jr. Staring. Staring at you. Staring at me. <laughs> and you know, that was perfectly fine with a lot of people. I felt so special. <laughs> I did. Uh, he didn't just stare. He went through a number of oh, different oh, oh, positions I know, I know. of his head. That reminds eyes. me of, were you with us that year? I can't remember. I think it was before Rick started coming to Comic-Con. When we saw Tropic Thunder at Comic-Con. I was there, but I was not. At, at the screening? That was the year... I, I know, Where, I know what deathless quotes we got yes. out of it, but, um, but uh, yes, were you were you there, Rick? No, I'm I sorry that I can't year. remember. Okay, so they'd done this introductory film for Tropic Thunder, where Ben Stiller, I think Jack Black might have been in it, but he was like stepping aside, letting them fight. Ben Stiller and Iron and Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. and Robert Downey Jr. Oh were, yeah, yeah, I've seen that online. Were arguing over who could pander best. To the Comic Con audience, and that's what it was like. Because you know, Ben was like, "Well, if you have a prize, you can get away." I actually have Spock's ears, and he goes, "I'm actually, I'm actually Iron Man. Like you could win, and you have a dream weekend with me. That's right, Tony Stark, all up in you." (laughs) And and the entire audience went nuts, and we're all like, "We'd allow it. We'd allow it." You know, like I just absolutely love Robert Downey Jr. And again, called out Lon Lopez online because it was like, remember? And he copped to this Monday night. I said, you remember when you said that was a dumb choice and a real, you know, that no way was Robert Downey Jr. going to make a good Tony Stark? <laughs> yes. I can't think of anyone who'd be better. I, I, no. I, I, I want them to, to, the only reason I want digital technology to be so good that you can have actors recreated after their death <laughs> is that Robert Downey Jr. can play Iron Man. Forever. In perpetuity. In perpetuity. Yes. So um, that's great. And then, um, so there's this movie, I want to say, this little fanboy squee, uh, called How to Catch a Monster. Okay. A fantasy slash horror film being written and directed. What studio? Uh, I don't know yet. I don't know, uh, because I think it's more like an independent production, but it has a very high popular pedigree right now. This is the fangirls, brace yourselves. Ryan Gosling is writing and directing and co-starring in this film, How to Catch a Monster, about chasing down a monster. It's a live-action film? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Wait a minute, wait for it. But his co-star, and this is where, and this is not for you, Rick, this is not for you, Nate, this is for our, for the ladies, <clears throat> and his co-star is Matt Smith. Matt Smith and Ryan Gosling are going to be wow. co-starring... In a sci-fi horror fantasy. So who's Matt Smith? 
Doctor Who. It doesn't matter to you. I said it wasn't for you. But believe me, there was a sound out there, a vibration yeah. in the universe. <laughs> I can hear it coming back through time. It's as if a million souls cried out at the same yeah. time. Um, and yeah, yeah. The only way that it could get better is if the monster was Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> so uh, it's not, but that's a good rumor to start. Yeah. So let's talk about some television, shall we? Television? What's that? That's the stuff we watch <coughs> when we're at home. It's this thing that I, I was homesick for a day or two, and I, uh, I caught up on some, your old DVR. A little bit. I, I caught up on Portlandia, which is a show that kills me. I'm it's gentle comedy. You know what you could catch up on this weekend is The Walking catch Dead. Could I? Ooh, yeah. They're having a I have my children. No, I can't. You and could I, DVR it and catch up later. I'll catch up later. Um, <laughs> no, I won't. I've only gotten two emails. Ha, ha, ha. Um, uh, but George R.R. R. Martin has been hired by HBO to develop shows. Because that, that little thing about Thrones and games. Uh, Song of Ice and Fire? Uh, no, no. I'm thinking. Uh, King of the Nerds. King of the Nerds. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, is doing very well for HBO, so they figure, well, more things from the mind of George R.R. R. Martin. Yes. Not probably actually reading George R.R. R. Martin and realizing that he's a very versatile writer to whom Game of Thrones is just one color. They could do tough voyaging. In his, in his uh, box of Crayola. Um, uh, well, I was thinking the obvious thing is wild cards. Oh, definitely. Although, I'm not sure how much George R.R. R. Martin actually would own of that. I think that uh, does he does he have the freedom to control make the decisions? That's a good question. I don't know the the fact that they're all in right. Just to catch up, listeners, if you're volumes. not aware, because some some are not newer people, newer listeners. Um, Wild Cards is a shared universe novel series, uh, 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 which is was basically it's superheroes, literally and, dozens of fabulous writers that aliens experimented upon us in the forties, or they they were no, gonna, no, they no. were going to detonate a bomb, right? And that created that released this gas over virus. the populace and the virus. Uh, you either got the got the Ace or the Joker, and there was one other thing. Um, the Ace, the, the Black Queen. The Black Queen kills right. you. Right. The, it, it, how, how and that's a description of how the, your body reacts to the virus. Either you get right. the Black Queen and you die. You get a Joker. That you get a Joker if you end up with a mutation that changes your appearance. Distortion, yeah. Distortion, and then uh, an Ace is if you get a superpower that does not change your body, but is it doesn't necessarily have to be perceived by the populace as a positive thing. But it is that you right. know, but it's going to just a power you can live your life. But these powers are not always enough, where you'd say that's a superhero. Right, just so somebody there's people on maybe, different levels. Yeah, yeah, there are people on different levels. Wild cards, uh, you know, awesome potential. You can go anywhere. But the deal was these authors all worked within a shared universe, and so that each one of them would create characters, and you could borrow somebody else's character, providing you told them what the, you wanted to do with them in your mm-hmm. story, and they agreed to it. Right. So you couldn't say, I just want to take your character, I'll be good with it, and kill it. They had to have the right, agreement that it was okay. Yeah. So I think that um, I'm trying to think they've they've come out with a couple of graphic novel. Um, uh, there's been at least two. Marvel tried it once with Epic, and yeah. then uh, the Dabble Brothers, but I can't remember who their imprint was. The Dabble Brothers, who are infamously going yeah. from publisher to publisher, they're all over uh, there. Um, um, uh, did it 
I did a miniseries too, but I didn't follow past the first. But issue. I don't know about media, and but that's probably contractual. And yeah. If they didn't they didn't negotiate it, they'd probably have to negotiate with whatever authors of whom they wanted to borrow the characters. So that might be too complex. I, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think so because you probably just have to negotiate one time with these guys, and I suspect most of them would probably be dying to have their maybe, characters. Maybe, maybe we'll yeah. see. Um. But I think another one that would go is Fever Dream, which was recently done uh, by adapted into comics by what uh, the Avatar Press, which I really Mark actually, Twain meets Dracula. Uh, not quite. Well, not quite. No, it, it's not. It, it's it's a more, more. It's more the Anne Rice version because the vampires are not uh, right. He are actually not supernatural. A, They're a parallel species. Right. And uh, it's but it is an interesting horror story, and it does indeed. I will. I agree with the Mark Twain side. Yeah, I was just Dracula. trying to bring it down to lowest common. Oh, uh, the lowest common denominator is not listening to this. Anne Rice. We are. We are. We have like a discriminating those, those audience. Are, hmm. uh, you don't? No. Really, I, I, I think they're fabulous. Um, they're so, too fabulous. That's uh, all right. Uh, they got a good sting song out of it. So um, anyway, and there's a lot. There's lots more. I mean, the guy's just you know has written so much and. Yeah. Uh, oh, and we do need to talk about uh, on, on a sister network of HBO, Showtime. John Lehman tweeted two weeks ago, February first. Oh, it was. And this Friday. I quote, "Quote from us: There will not be a Chew TV series on Aww. Showtime, and no explanation. Just that's it. A show we were very much looking forward to. Proclamation. By proclamation by John Lehman is not going to happen. So don't know why." I do know that in interviews, John Lehman talked about he is very busy. His dance card is full. Very successfully writing detective comics. He's going to get to write Detective 900. Um, he's got some great honors his way. And Chu is still selling really well for Image. So he's doing well. you know. But it is a shame. That, that, that is a series that, though quirky, would have made a good Showtime series. Absolutely. It would be hilarious. You know, I, one other thing about George R. R. Martin. He, he writes a lot. He writes a lot of great... Wrote a lot of great short stories too. Yeah, and one of his best Sand Kings was done, I think, by Outer Lim- the new Twilight Zone or Outer Limits or I think it was Outer Limits. I do um, remember that that happened, and it wasn't very good. I'd love to see. Wait, was he? Which one was he the producer of? He was the executive producer of one of them. Was he executive producer? I can't remember if it was Outer Twi- Limits or, or Twilight Zone, yeah. but I know he did work on one of those on a regular basis. But I didn't. I didn't particularly. I love the short story. I didn't particularly care for the. Uh, and wasn't he producer on Beauty and the Beast? Yes. The good one? Yes. He was, I think he was the writer. The good one, a.k.a. the one with Ron Perlman? Yes. yes. That was a good one. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, are, are any of you guys watching the following? Because it is kind of genre-related, and I cannot watch it without thinking of the day that Rick Brechner and I sat down and faced down the face of evil in the following. James Purifoy. Uh, interviewing for Solomon Kane. Yes. So uh, the fo- I have seen the following. <laughs> I didn't really think of it as the face of evil at that point. Another time, but I thought he he was trying really hard to prove to us how macho he was. Yeah, I did really get that. It was like I thought the director was much more much more convincing. It, yeah, it was one of those one of those interviews. Every now and then you interview somebody at Comic Con, and it's like, and it's not a reflection on him. I mean, I'm no. sure he's a nice guy, an actor, but but there are actors that feel embarrassed, or at least used to feel embarrassed to be at Comic-Con, and I really got that feeling that James Purifoy yeah. was trying to say, I'm so, you know, I play sports, yeah. and only not like that, more British accent, yeah. but, uh, you know, um, yeah, so he's the villain in the following. Uh, and but meaning, to, you know, meaning to go back and watch, there are like three episodes in. Three, only three episodes yeah. in. Um, 
little simplistic re- interpretations of Edgar Allan Poe's work, but it's I appreciate the effort at literacy, uh, and it is creepy. It is predictable in a lot of places, but that predictability is counteracted by Kevin Bacon and James Purifoy being fantastic in the roles. They're both disturbing. So is it a is it a miniseries? Is it? Oh uh, yes, thirteen episodes. Be, okay. I don't know if there's going to be if. I think the plan is once thirteen episodes are done, then they it's done. Out. Yeah. And what it is is that James. Do you know the 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 plot? No, I don't. James Purifoy is a college professor who specialized in goth, uh, in the romantic period of of American literature, specifically Edgar Allan Poe. They mentioned Thoreau and Emerson. They left Hawthorne out, which you know, hackle, brought my yeah, English yeah. teacher hackles yeah. up. I'm like, you because there's a lot more people forget that Hawthorne wrote a lot of creepy stuff too, and and they could have tapped into that. But he wrote, uh, like he'd written this novel that was to finish um, Edgar Allan Poe's unfinished manuscript, and it was trashed. So he basically became, whether that was the impetus or not, he was already a serial killer of co-eds. So he's a college professor killing young, beautiful women and cutting out their eyes. And so Kevin Bacon plays the FBI agent who finally brought him to justice, but had also, like, not realized that that's that he was the killer for too long like you know he'd been caught up under the spell of this guy's charisma as well uh-huh. so he knows what it's like to be following him in a way uh-huh. and then when he caught him the guy shot when he saved the last victim the guy shot him in the heart so now he has a pacemaker he's been off, drummed off out of the fbi he has a pacemaker he's got a drinking problem he's been out been out of the business for six or seven years the serial killer escapes prison and it turns out he's been using the internet and using his charisma to find light, to find acolytes. Some have been former students that he didn't kill, um, and some people that claim like they liked his book. And he's programmed. He's been programming by access to the prison library through internets and dummy accounts. A cult who will continue. And then Kevin Bacon faces Dude him in the first. Bidding. He faces him in the first in the first episode. And he says. He says, well, you know, my, my first book failed. This is my second book. And you are the main character. And and so every killer, every acolyte refers to it as my chapter is about. And so they all think wow. that they are providing the content for his novel. And so it's all killing for art's sake. It's very complex. It's very creepy. And again, in some places you can call it. But Kevin Bacon is amazing. Almost sounds like seven. Now, shouldn't Kevin Bacon not be drinking so heavily if he's got a pacemaker? No, he's stopped drinking. He's battling alcoholism, oh. you know, but he's got kind of that sozzled look, you know, and it just yeah. and and every failure weighs heavily on him. And the first episode is about like is the serial killer just has to break out of prison so he can finish his first work, which means the girl that he saved, that Kevin Bacon saved. So it's mm. like it's it's really and it has Jimmy uh, Jimmy Olsen from Smallville. Sean Ashmore is uh, an thought, FBI agent. I thought the other kid, I thought his brother was Jimmy Olsen. I thought he was Iceman. Is Sean Iceman or are they look I alike? I can't tell the difference they between the two alike. of them. Uh, so anyway, one, either Iceman or Jimmy Olsen is in it. <laughs> um, but it's it's good. It's it's really, really a good show. And, uh, you know, a, 
by the charisma of the leading men. Absolutely. You know, and interesting themes. And again, the interpretation of Edgar Allan Poe, probably pretty basic cliff note stuff. But I didn't care. Just the fact, because I think there's a lot of people, people that don't know. That don't know his work. And yeah. yeah. So it seems heavy handed to some of us, but we've already read Edgar Allan Poe. So... So uh, Poe figures in into these ongoing stories because as well. he worked because the serial killer uh, James Purifoy's character is a Poe expert, right? So everything he's doing is following the career of interesting. Poe, so okay. uh, or the works of Poe. So it, yeah, it is interesting. So how about Walking Dead, which is starting up again Sunday? I'm going to turn this over to Nate before I give him the news. No fair peeking because you might have found it online now. Go ahead. Walking Dead comes back on Sunday. And how are you going to say it? It's an eye for an eye. An eye for an eye. And have you noticed that almost every picture of Rick that you're seeing in magazines and stuff do not show his right hand? Oh, God, I don't want him to lose a hand. Have your right hand defends thee. I don't think they'll have him lose a hand. I don't know. It's just so weird. If your right hand defends thee, pluck it out. Um, I think it's going to be, I think that's a ruse. Okay, well, how about this? Here's the news that I think you might enjoy. Are you ready? Go for it. Are you familiar with the date March 7th? It is a day on the calendar, yes. <laughs> Do you know why it might be significant for you, a Walking Dead fan? There's some sort of Walking Dead thing happening that day. <laughs> that is right. On March 7th, uh, Paley Fest, which is the Paley Center for Equality Television, is they're having a Walking Dead Q&A with the whole cast in Los Angeles, but they're live casting it to movie theaters all across America. What? And you could go to your local AMC. I think maybe even Century Oak Ridge might be one of those that is so a company, a Cinemark, so you enjoy going. You could go and sit in and watch the Q&A. And I think this is the first time that the Paley, Paley Center has done one of those <coughs> nationwide broadcasts. So there's an episode... And then there's a QA and a after. I don't know if it's an episode or if it's just an evening with the cast. And, well, and Robert March Kirkman. 7th, you said? March That's 7th. That's Thursday night. Okay, so the episode is the Sunday before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay. I, I, don't, I just know that that's what I've been told. On March 7th, a Walking Dead. And then I believe it's the 14th afterwards. Is a, They're doing the same thing with the Big Bang Theory. But I wasn't as excited about that. Um, they're fun to watch. They're, a they're clever bothering group. me. Really? Um, no, no. The show is. The show I, is. I'm watching it, but it, it's getting so much hatred. It's so hate, hating fanboys. Really? I, the last episode? Uh, yeah. When they're still making jokes about women are walking into comic shops. Now maybe it's just me. Yeah, you can still make no, fun. No, of no, the, no, you no, can no. still make fun of the D and D gamers. But okay. um, but um, but when you when I go to a comic shop that's owned by a woman, mm-hmm. and that there are plenty of women. And sorry, yes, I will go ahead and out on a limb and say uh, attractive women shopping at that store on a regular basis. I, I think that when a spectacularly a attractive woman walked into that store, there was quite a bit of head turning and uh, not in LA. muttering. Oh, maybe, maybe not not in, LA. in L.A. And and having just gone to Earth 2 and gone to a signing, you know, 300 people in line to see Robert okay. Kirkman at Earth 2. Plenty of attractive women in that line, too. I'm just speaking from my personal No, I mean, you're just playing up to stereotypes, and I, I guess this is the thing. It's like the King of the Nerds thing. I feel like it's time for us to start going, okay, okay, that was a stereotype. That was good. And I'm not saying that we're an oppressed people. I'm not trying to make – it's just like, let's be honest. 
The nerds are running us. Why do we still hate ourselves? See, I, I didn't find it all that hateful myself. And, you know, I've been there and I, I thought I actually thought it was pretty funny. So I'm not trying to have an argument. No, I'm not a nerdgument. <laughs> um, so he was Iceman. However, he was he also was on Smallville. Also as a in different two villain. episodes. Of he was a different. He was a different. Eric crypto, Summers. He was a different uh. crypto freak in in Smallville. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. So, uh, yeah, so that's it. So on March seventh, I have a feeling I know where Nate's going to be. I certainly hope so. Oh, that's a Thursday night. It would be a podcast night, but oh, that might be the three hundredth episode. That was the night we were talking about. Oh no. Nate, torn between who you love. We don't have to do it on a Thursday night. We could do the pot 300th on a special night, depending on what guests we get. We'll we out. are working up towards our 300th episode, people. And I should mention, next week being Valentine's Day, it is also, is it the night before, or is it the first night of Gallifrey 1? It's the, it's Thursday. It is the night before, which is for Gallifrey One LobbyCon. LobbyCon. Okay, which so, is the unofficial gathering in the lobby where lots of alcohol will be. And Rick consumed, is going. Rick is going and to be ribbons, in LA. And ribbons will be exchanged. It doesn't sound gay at all. Um, Rick will be at LobbyCon and leading into Gallifrey One, which I wish I could go, but that's all right. Um, and and it is Valentine's Day. We will not be podcasting. Uh, I have a date with Rob Campbell, the star of SERP. Uh, it's awkward. His <laughs> wife's in L.A. too. Are you going to be with Christina? No, um, no but... Uh, Debbie. Uh, yeah, okay, that's healthy. Uh, but So Rob and I will uh, drown our sorrows in some, in some play he wanted me to go see. So um, it... Can we, can we, I, it's important to me that we we get closure on the on the on the Big Bang Theory because I do want to say what's what's the closure from, from, from I the, still watch the show from I'm just the irritated. standpoint of the cast I think this season and last season they moved they moved everyone along in their it, personalities that is true. That there is has true. been something you don't see in a lot of sitcoms which is development of characters you've got one that's married one that's in a long term relationship now one that's in a very awkward relationship and one who really can't figure out what he wants to do with his life. And that's not where they started. You know, that's true. That's true. I think it's a very, uh, but I, I, you know, I miss you can the, pick your role, but I'm no, I, you know, I miss the days when there were these just knowing things like it was fun when they all dressed up as the flash and they made jokes that were yes. aimed right at us instead of against us. And I feel now the nerd humor really is, against us every now and then there's a great episode i still think like from last season when uh when sheldon was haunted by these by the spock action figure yes conscience with leonard nimoy as the as the that was i felt his pain i felt his guilt i get all that but i and I it just, was all about toys too yeah right? and be... i just think this year has been it's it's still funny but it's been a lot of easy easy jokes at the expense of nerddom when i think it's like really then you're going to Comic Con and a hundred thousand people are there. Um, it's no small thing, and uh, yeah. So I mean, that's just I just feel ambivalent this season. Okay. You guys know what shows we're on tonight? Uh, community and community and da. community and, and I don't remember. Comic book men move to Thursday. Oh, that's right. You oh, did nice. tell me. You did tell me that last week, and I just listened to the podcast last week that that said that. Um, and then I should mention, you know, 30 Rock did end, proving that it was a sci-fi series all along. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you watch the end? I haven't watched the last episode. Oh. It wasn't on our must-slot must lot watch Does Tracy list. Jordan wake up on a spaceship and realize no, they it was just, all a weird they just dream? Paid, they paid homage to St. Elsewhere. 
and uh, proved that um, Kenneth was immortal all along. (laughs) And the last thing showed, like, they went, they showed, like, they went into the future and showed where everybody ended up. And it was like, oh, it was nice. I, I didn't cry, but uh, it was it was like I felt not it was too a, much. Don't tell me it too was much. a really good ending. But okay. yeah, but then it, it but then it turned out Kenneth it was the future. is still a page. No, NBC. Kenneth is no, no because but uh, the episode before they had made they had done the best Willy Wonka parody ever. Yes, that was great, and and the greatest title ever: A Goon's Deed in a Weary World, and uh, so shines a Goon's Deed in a Weary World. Um, and he was made president of M- of the network. Oh, and he still is president of the network centuries in the future. <laughs> and the the idea that his office has like a military desk. Yes. And oh, it was just that was oh. really quite awesome. Oh yeah, then you you got to watch the last. I haven't watched. The last it was one. just it was it was just hilarious. Well done series. Yeah. Um, and I've I've always enjoyed the intimations of Ken Kenneth's immortality. You know, I, I, uh, I've got Alec Baldwin. Um, the greatest he, man alive. Has he, done, has he done a lot of voice for animation? He's in Rise of the Guardians. He's Santa. Okay, I didn't see that one. I, I just, re- well, I just recently, North. for the first time, saw Madagascar 2. And he plays he plays one of the lions who's challenging the the he's king, dabbled king in lion. it because he was also way back when people forget about this Clerks the animated series he yeah. was Leonardo Leonardo yeah so but I, I he's got, just got such a great voice and and he moderated his voice so that I was like halfway through I'm going wait a minute is that if you have won, well, this is, I did not, I watched the entire Rise of the Guardians. And didn't realize. Not even clicking at all that that's who it was. Yeah, it, yeah. I, it, but 30 Rock, great series. And Alec Baldwin, I, I look forward to, I hope he's not retiring. Because he's, he's always threatened that he He'll would at the end retire. of 30, 30 Rock. But he's a great voice actor. <laughs> I mean, which 30 Rock has proven. When they've allowed him to play different kinds of oh, characters, yeah. he's ama- he's just hilarious. Oh, yeah. That still, as I said, the bravado performance where he does he does he reenacts all of Tracy Jordan's childhood traumas. Yes, and does the whole. That's thing. exactly what I was thinking. It, it is the most. It is one of the best acting, best moments of comedy I've ever seen in television history, and it should be something like NBC's greatest hits should always include clips from that. It would take a little bit of lead in for future generations. Well, and I, you know, and I will, and you talk about Saturday Night Live. I will watch oh, yeah, any was, episode that yeah, he hosts. He's always great on that. Always. And I was listening to Here's the Thing, which is his podcast, which if you're not listening to, highly recommend. Because it's a fantastic interviewer. Very cultured man. One of the things, he interviewed one of the, Paul Appel, who was a writer on Saturday Night Live for about 14 years. And he said, and there's one thing that's like, that's why he makes a great host. He says, after he hosted the first time, he realized that he needed to go in and be, and for a week, play like he's a cast member, not Not like he's the host. Yeah. And then they'll, and 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 then he's part of the ensemble. And I realized, yeah, a lot of these guys just come in and they're nervous and they don't go. But he is like, no, I just want to be. And that he had contemplated for a while, say, thinking that he was going to be, that he would just ask Lauren Michaels if he could join be a cast, cast member, join the cast. So, and then he got Thirty Rock instead. So, yeah, which was better for us all, but yes. still, you know, yeah. Well, I think uh, enough. One more voice. One more voice thing. Go ahead. Speaking of voices, yes. have you watched Real Husbands of Hollywood yet? No. No, and I'm really regretful that I haven't. Kevin Hart, right? Yes. But Robin Thicke, who is Alan Thicke's son. Right. Did I say this last week? He sounds exactly 
like Alan Thicke. No. Oh, my God. Is he doing that on purpose? He Well, when he does it on purpose, it's even more like Alan Thicke because he did it on purpose on a different show. But it's hilarious looking at this young guy who kind of looks like he could be Alan Thicke with more ridiculous hair. It's just, it's a great show. Do you watch uh, How I Met Your Mother? No. Because Alan Thicke was a guest star on the last episode. I've heard these on this, yeah. Okay. They did a bunch of things with Canadians. and Okay, well then let's recommend this. Real ha- Real Husbands of Beverly Hills on Real BET. Real Husbands of Hollywood. Of Hollywood, of Hollywood. on BET. Which yes. is a, it's a pseudo-reality no, show. No, it's a mock. It's a mock-u-reality yeah. right. show. I don't know what you'd say, but yes, with J.B. Smoove and... Uh, J.B. Smoove, Kevin Hart, Robin, Robin Thicke, Thick, Nelly, Dwayne Martin, Boris Kojo, Nick Cannon. Uh, Regardless, it's funny, it. and that's okay. So if you've got any other recommendations, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, we welcome it. Bring it on. Tell me why I'm wrong about Big Bang Theory. Right into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And, of course, we want to, again, keep your ears out and be ready to attend CineQuest in San Jose. March 1st for the world premiere of Sparks. Sin City meets Smallville. And uh, and if you missed it, go back to our special edition. 297A. Because the uh, there's some really good fan fanboy uh, stuff a, going on. A good, this yeah, year. and it was a good interview, and it was a, it was a good segment. So um, you know, again, if you listen to us on iTunes, go ahead, rate us, review us, uh, subscribe to us, and uh, tell your friends. Catch us on the Stitcher app. Catch us on www.fanboyplanet.com. If uh, if you like us, go to our website and kick in a little on PayPal. That's okay, or pick up something on Amazon. I'm happy with that too. Somebody bought Nightmare Before Christmas uh, this week, so thank you for nice. that person. Uh, whoever you are, thank you, listener. Um, so you know, go ahead, get something from Amazon, and uh, we'll be back uh, not next week because it is uh, Valentine's Day. We all have things to do. Some of what we are doing sounds lonelier than others. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what Nate's doing, but I'm with Rob Campbell. I'm waiting until the weekend to celebrate. Okay, shh, don't don't spoil it. <laughs> okay. No. Um, and, uh, and we'll be back the week after that and we're prepping up for our 300th episode. Big three hundo. Keep your eyes and ears open for where that's going to be. It's coming. We'll figure it out. So I'm Derek. We're going to do it live. I'm Derek. Sort of. I'm, <laughs> I'm confused. I like to finish my name. I'm Derek McCaw. I am Nate Costa. And I'm Rick Snyder reminding you to use, use your powers, powers only for good. good. 300th podcast. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.